Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Recovering Entrepreneur Show. Today, we have with us Anissa Buckley, who has one topic I know nothing about, hopefully won't have to deal with too much, and one that I totally love and relate to. So I'm very excited to talk to you, Anissa. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Great. Why don't you kick us off and maybe tell us where you're from, what do you do, whatever's on your heart to share. Sure. So I'm from um, Ithaca, New York, but I live in Tucson, Arizona. So, uh, and there's been a lot of cities and states in between. Um, What I do for a living um, is I'm on my third startup. So I have um, been very fortunate to have started and sold two companies prior to now. Uh, So this one is, um, this one kind of came out of a whole life experience I went through about uh, eight or nine years ago. Um, that really led me down this path once again, when I said, oh my God, I'm never going to do a startup again. (laughs) And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's a great experience. It's just once you've been through two, you think, well, I've been lucky and they've gone well. And, you know, so um, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy life. And so that is not the case. Here I am again, right in the grind. And it's actually, it's great. I'm excited to be be here again. It sounds a lot more like skill than luck. If you had two (laughs) successful businesses, I mean, Um, Right time, right place. You know, I'm a big believer, like it's all about what's going on in the market, obviously following that. That's a, that's an obvious aha, uh-huh, right? But uh, I've been lucky to kind of ride the trends when those came into place. And I'm doing it, I think, again, in the same sort of, sort of the same boat. So um, for me, I'm sort of one of those cutting edge kind of people. I love to see what's, what's happening in the market and figure out like, is there something there that resonates with me that I maybe have a personal skill for or knowledge base of? And if there is, then I tend to like dive in and I can't stop myself from you know, figuring out, well, how will we make this a business? So here we are again with, uh, well, menopause is the topic and midlife women. And there's, there's a lot going on there because most people don't know, but um, I think the number is for, uh, 25%, excuse me, 25% of the entire American population are women over the age of 40. So that's a big group. Yeah. yeah. Uh, big group. And I mean, we could, we could take that globally. 1.1 billion women are in some form of menopause. So it's a big market and nobody's really been addressing it. So um, yeah. So now's the time it's, it's just, there's a big spotlight on this market and you know, the figures that they, you know, all the analytics claim out there are it's a $600 billion market. So, you know, I just like to get a little tiny sliver of that. Yeah. And you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. My lens is very little on this. Um, I don't think I've started. I'm 40. I'm going to be 48 next month, but I had a hysterectomy. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. I feel like it might. Um, but I've knock on wood. And I was just thinking about it this morning too. Like I don't dye my hair. I'm like, I don't have very many grays. Like I I think I'm, I'm going to age backwards. I think I've decided. I love it. You're Benjamin Button. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've decided my 50th birthday is going to be my first birthday because of that old saying, you know, I wish I knew then I wish I knew. Yeah. Now. So I'm going to just start chapter two. That's, that's my, (laughs) anyway, I totally digress, but I watched my mother go through menopause in the hot flashes and I've seen other people and with mom, like, uh, have you ever been to a Renaissance festival? Yeah, I have. Okay. So they had these metal, they're called bosom something, but they were like metal and you put ice cubes in them to keep you cool. And I like searched 
everywhere that we, we seen them. And then I went to different Renaissance fairs looking for them. Um, and I could never get my hands on them, but I wanted it for her because of her struggling with this hot flash stuff. So you're right. Yeah. There's an opportunity. That was a really long way to say there's an opportunity for <laughs> solutions for women going through menopause. And I, I understand the symptoms probably aren't all the same. There's a lot of, there's 34 official symptoms. Um, the big one, if you actually look at research, it'll tell you the number one is loss of energy. So just not feeling like, you know, super energetic every day, um, or worse, <laughs> not being able to get out of bed. Um, and then number two is actually waking. And that's an obvious one too. And that happens because, and I don't want to get too sciencey on you here, but, um, basically with the loss of estrogen, two big, big things happen. One is your muscle breaks down faster and you build it slower. So if you think about that, muscle mass is what keeps your metabolism going. When you lose muscle, your metabolism slows. Mm. So unless you change the way you eat, you're going to gain weight. Um, the average weight gain is six pounds in menopause. But to be honest with you, it's more about your look, right? It's more about feeling like you've lost that muscle and you're feeling a little saggier. So there's things you can do. And then the other issue is um, this is a big one that most women don't know. You, estrogen is a facilitator of moving carbohydrates out of your bloodstream into your muscles. So when you lose estrogen, you cannot process carbs the same way. So between the muscle mass and the carb utilization, your diet basically has to shift or you will, you will lose more energy. You will gain more fat. You will feel, you know, not yourself. Um, and there's some brain fog elements there too. So I could go off on a huge science tangent, which I will not do to you. But my point is, um, there's a lot now that we know science-wise that we did not know. Our mothers had no idea like 25 years ago. So we have a benefit of saying, okay, it's as simple as eating more protein, reducing carbs and front-loading your day. And so I'll do the plug right now because it'll come eventually, right? We have an app that allows you to put in your height, your weight, your age, your activity level. And it actually will then say, okay, Bobby, you need 30 grams of protein at breakfast and 25 grams of carbs and blah, 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 blah. You input your food and it tracks you throughout the day and kind of tells you if you're on target or not. So that's part of what we're doing, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a really, it's a very real thing. So between the top five symptoms, energy loss, weight gain, sleeplessness is a big one because your brainstem is impacted by estrogen. Um, certainly hot flashes are in there and then anxiety is heightened. That's another one is cortisol elevates when you lose estrogen. So these are real things. It's not like they used to say, you know, women were like hysterical and all the, the things they used to say about us, which there may be some part truth to that, but you know, uh, there's some reality here of what happens physiologically and it's, it's not easy stuff, you know, to deal with. And so you're fortunate that you haven't had to deal with a lot of it, but, um, to be honest, most women don't know this. It also starts at about age 45 with the hormone changes. So by the time you hit 52, which is the average age of menopause, you kind of been through it all and you're actually on the better side of things. So it's in those early to mid forties that most women start to feel, you know, whether it's the hot flashes or just not sleeping well or not feeling like themselves. And so that's kind of where our target is, is helping women at that phase to say, Hey, exercise, diet, some of these things, there's supplementation, there's things that you can do um, to make yourself feel better. So it sounds like to me that you're from, you're not just, you have menopause, take a pill. It sounds like you're taking a holistic approach to helping women. Is that true? Lifestyle based. Absolutely. It's, 
it's really mind, body, spirit to some degree, or maybe not spirit quite so much, but it's, it's really mind body emphasis. Um, so it's food, it's fitness, it's supplementation. Um, and some of it is actually mindset, what you can do to, um, focus yourself, uh, to, you know, not let that anxiety take over and panic you about, um, what's happening because some of it is just natural and it's just going to happen, right? You're, your hair may thin or your skin may start to sag a little bit more, or again, all the things I mentioned earlier, they're real things that will happen when you lose estrogen. So, you know, it's, it's getting comfortable with all that and realizing that, you know, in all honesty, we're all, we're all very fortunate to be here at this age because there's a lot of people that don't make it this far in life. So it's true. You know, so did this, this mission of yours come out of your own menopause? Um, it came out of, okay. So I mentioned to you, I had a life change about eight years ago. It had been kind of in a normal, I'll call it the normal American life, I guess. I don't know. Um, maybe <laughs> not because I, I was probably a little more workaholic than anything. I was not, um, I didn't have children of my own. Um, I really wasn't focused on getting married and settling down. I was more driven by a career. So for about, um, 30 years up till I was about 45. I worked for five fortune 500 companies. I started and sold two companies. Um, you know, I, I was very fortunate to, you know, do what I wanted to do career wise. Then, um, my mother was diagnosed with dementia at a pretty young age, 78, I guess some people wouldn't say that's young, but her family history was into the nineties. So it was pretty, I wasn't expecting it. It's very young for her. Um, and when she was diagnosed, um, you know, basically I just decided to, uh, change my life because she required more care. Um, and we had in-home care helping, but you know, I was, I was on planes every week at that point in my life and I get off a plane and I, you know, spend my weekend driving down and taking care of my parents. And, you know, I just felt like if she really doesn't have a lot of time left in her, you know, true form of herself, I want to spend as much as I can with her. So I actually resigned. I was the vice president of health and wellness for a company, I resigned and decided to start another company locally in upstate New York. So I moved back to where my parents were and I got to see them four nights a week and have dinners with them and blah, 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 blah. So long story short, what really happened is uh, both of my parents passed away within eight months of each other. Mm -hmm. um, and the, I, I actually opened the doors to a business two days after my mother passed away. I had no option because all the advertising was out and we had customers coming and everything. So that was horrific because she died unexpectedly at a stroke. So it wasn't like, you know, just the dementia. And so it just, it shook me that that happened. I didn't have an opportunity to grieve. Then I was going through a divorce at the same time. So it was like everything happened at once within eight months. And so I decided, um, or we decided to sell the business, even though we'd only had it open for 18 months. So I'm fast forwarding a year and a half now. Um, we sold the business and, um, for me, I, I just sort of everything in my life had vanished. Like I was no longer a, a daughter, had both parents gone. I was no longer a wife. I was no longer a business owner. Um, I had no identity and my whole life had been, you know, daughter, wife, um, and, and business person. And so all of a sudden it was like, who am I and what do I want to do? Um, and so an opportunity presented itself, um, for me to start traveling the world with a, um, actually former pro athlete. So it started there. Um, and it's gone on from there. We are no longer, uh, together, uh, or partnered or whatnot. We were, uh, both adventurous and people. And so we started like, you know, summiting extreme high altitude mountains and 
you know, biking and doing Ironmaning and ultras and all these really amazing things. And so I will net this out. I'm talking a lot, but ultimately I found myself in the best shape of my life at 50 and I was the most alive. I just never felt quite so excited. I was like a child bounding out of bed in the morning. And so I thought to myself, this is a period of life for most women where society makes us feel less valued. They make us feel less attractive. Um, and I feel like I found the fountain of youth because I felt so great. So I wanted to sort of come back and understand, you know, what it was that I had been doing and how that contributed to how I was feeling. And so that was the research that I started to do behind what happens when you lose estrogen and progesterone and, you know, all the things that happen in menopause, um, because I certainly went through it, but, um, I was able to overcome a lot of it with lifestyle and granted I was on the extreme end, um, but I'm not now. And I know, you know, we've worked with several women who are, you know, it's just regular life, right? So what can you do? And so that's kind of what led, led to the program that we're in, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, it totally does. And, and, I'm so glad that you had that opportunity to go on that adventure. Yeah. I, I honestly, it changed my entire life. I mean, I became a minimalist. I may not look at today, but, <laughs> but I mean, I go in waves, you know, where I, um, I lived in an RV with no water, no uh, electricity. I, you know, lived in tents. I lived in Airbnbs in Moshi, Tanzania. You know, I, uh, you know, I've, I've hiked through, um, you know, many places with no showers for five days. I mean, it doesn't sound great, but you know, it's very <laughs> freeing to do that. I know it's hard to imagine sometimes because if you told me that 10 years ago, I would have thought you were insane. I'd be like, I would never do that. And yet um, what I loved about it was there's just no judgment, right? You just, you don't care. You're out in the wilderness. It's absolutely stunning and you just feel fabulous. And so who cares if you know, your face hasn't been washed in two days. I mean, I don't know, you know, so it, it just changed my life. And um, I, I think minimalism, even though, you know, we do talk about it in the US, um, I think there's different forms of it. I think everybody um, can undertake that to some degree. Not everybody has to sell everything they own. I didn't mention that I did that, you know, put it all on your back and ride a bike down the East Coast of Africa. You don't have you can just think about, do I need another pair of Manolo Blahniks in my life? You know, do I need more stuff or do I need experience, um, and memories that are, you know, going to resonate with me? So I don't know, just my thinking. I I'm, I'm a little envious right now because my, my dream, my next steps are to live in an RV strategically. It ties into my business. I literally only own about 10 totes worth of things and it's clothes and books um, as, as a general rule, you know, yeah. um, so I'm with you. I'm a hundred percent on I board. Love it. Uh, so I love hearing about this. Yeah. And I've always, I've always had that spirit though. Like I was a truck driver in my early twenties. Oh, yeah. I so, know this about you. Okay. This is fantastic. Yeah. So I, had, I don't done 47 of the continental United States, you know, very yeah. young, um, used mom's address, bounced around the country, got in cars with strangers, did a lot of things I shouldn't have done. Um, but it's like became part of my course. So then I did corporate America, Yeah. but I still like, I had a one-way ticket to France last year before all my, my tragedies started hitting and I didn't make it to France, but, um, by fall, I made it to Dubai in the UK. 
Um, but the France ticket, the idea was I was just going to go and I was going to do like, there's couch surfing apps and stuff right now. Yeah. Like you can just go stay at different people's houses, trade work. Like I'll cook American for you. Like, so there's so much opportunity in the world today Yeah. for that kind of adventure. Like, I know I could never do an Ironman cause I don't want to swim in fresh water unless it's like the Cayman islands. Um, so I'm a little <laughs> bit of a snot that way. I mean, yeah. So the adventure part I love and, and what I'm going to ask you next, if there's women listening, yeah, like you had your own aha moment because, um, all these things in life kind of put you in this position, Mm -hmm. but what about, and maybe you don't even believe this, but I believe that there's this population of women that either don't think they deserve it don't know they want it. Like when I was a driver, they used to say to me, I can't do that because, and the because was I got married, I had children, blah, blah, blah. Like it's excuses though. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what would like, do you have any wisdom for those that may not even be thinking about it, or maybe they are thinking about it? Like, what would you say to those women or to, to inspire them to be that brave? Yeah. I think um, it has to start with some level of discontent in your life. Otherwise, you're not going to make a change, right? Um, You have to be somebody who's looking for something different. So, and and in all honesty, Bobby, I really believe everybody should be there at some point. I really believe that in order to be your best self, right, you reach your highest potential, you have to grow to get there. And growth requires discomfort, right? So you got to get out of your comfort zone. So what I would say is the first thing that I like to do um, is kind of the big thing, right? Which is vision. It's looking at what it is you really think you want to do. Like let yourself just be in fantasy world at some point with some reality. I mean, you're not going to, you know, be in the Olympics if you're my age 55 and you're, you know, you're, um, you, you know, you're just not going to be in the Olympics at 55. (laughs) So cross that off the list. Right. But, um, But I think that, you know, having a realistic vision and saying, okay, I would love to travel overseas and hike Kilimanjaro in Africa. Okay. That's realistic. That's a goal most people could aspire to, to do something like that, to start now five years prior or three years prior, you have to start thinking about getting outside more, right. And doing even just walks in the woods. That's a starting point of getting comfortable being out in the elements and not in a gym on a treadmill. So, you know, that's an example, but just kind of taking what I, it's, it's the Kaizen method. If you're at all familiar with that, which is putting very small goals each week in front of yourself so that you're not triggering that fear fighter flight, fight or flight, right. You're actually just moving methodically toward a bigger goal. Um, and so you've got to have those milestones along the way. So if you wanted to start there, like it's, you know, again, Finding a group probably because it's easier to start these things when you've got some support around you and people who know what they're doing. You'd start, you know, maybe getting out in the woods a little bit with a group and feeling comfortable with that. Then maybe you do your first hike by yourself like three months later. Then it escalates into, okay, then you start putting some elevation in, then a higher elevation. And you kind of like basically ladder yourself to that, whatever, two-year mark, three-year mark, where you actually are, you know, going to go to Africa. And of course there's a financial side to that as well. But I guess, I guess that's what I would say is, um, do not try to put a giant goal out there and just go for the big goal because 
more likely than not, you're not going to, you're not going to be successful, right? You have to give yourself time um, and small goals along the way and realize those goals and pat yourself on the back for those goals. Um, but I don't know if I answered your question, but that's kind of how I would approach it for somebody because um, it really does start with mindset, Bobby, which is exactly what you said. People have said to me a million times, well, I could never do an Ironman. Like you absolutely could, but you have to want to. Right. So it has to start with that vision of what you want, because if you don't really want to do something, you just want to say you did it because somebody else said that you should. I mean, that's not going to cut it and it's not going to get you through those hard times. Um, it's got to be something that you really want to do. So um, I'm right there with you. I've had a million people say, ah, I'd love to go hike, you know, the Himalayas. OK, <laughs> you can. And I'd be happy to help you get ready for it. But, you know, um, most people, as you know. I don't think really necessarily want to do some of these things. They don't, nobody, I mean, most people really don't want to do an Ironman. I will tell you. Cause I mean, it's a lot of work in their wetsuits. And I mean, there's some really not so pretty parts to the whole thing. And so um, there's a lot of people that really don't want to do that, but uh, you know, everyone's got their goals, I think. So you got to know what your goal is and then start there. That I think that's great advice. And I think breaking it down. And I think your example was all very consumable. You reminded me of, of lunch today, though, I have to tell you, because you said start with a vision. And mm-hmm. I, one of my employees, tomorrow's her last day, she's going to another side of the state for college. Mm-hmm. And she, I said, well, what classes are you taking? And she said, well, the two real ones, she had gotten a whole bunch of college, college credit. So the two real ones, and they told her to get three electives. And I'm like, they're just spending your money. Like you could be working at, like, what was the point of all of her efforts in high school? So I took her through the conversation and I was like, well, what do you want to be? Where do you want to go? Like, what do you want? And just that vision as a starting point, I I tried it with my 18 year old niece too, which is why I knew to try it with Haley today. Like, what do you want? Like, do you want to be married? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to live in a warm place? Do you want to live in a cold place? And I think that I don't know how to get people excited to even start that thinking. Like, I think yeah. we're in this trapped mindset. It's Am hard when you're this? young, especially when you haven't had any experiences, it's hard to know, you know, I, I, I've, I've had a lot of people tell me their kids don't want to have kids and they're worried about it. And I'm like, okay, your daughter's 18 years old, <laughs> give her 20 years when she's 38, it'll be a whole different conversation. So right. when you're super young, it's a little harder. I think, um, on the, on the lifestyle stuff, I think you can think career cause you've been through academics and you can kind of think like, okay, I like math or I like music or whatever. And you can kind of veer yourself in that direction. But I think lifestyle is a little bit harder until you start living <laughs> a little more out, out in the real world. Um, but I do think, um, the vision thing, so we, and I'm not trying to solve this at all, but we do have a a whole program workbook within our program that does values assessment first, because when you think about your values, um, your values as a 30 year old, at least mine and probably yours too, were different than they are at 50. You're not 50. So sorry, (laughs) but you're You're close. You're getting there. You're offended by that stuff. It's all good. (laughs) But you, um, you know, at 30, you're still thinking career and house and bigger things and bigger title and more money. And by the time you're 50, you're more like, 
what's my legacy going to be when I'm no longer here? I hate to say that, but you are, you're thinking, well, what do I want to be doing at 75? Am I going to be able to walk? Am I going to be mobile? You know, your health becomes a bigger value. So we go through a values exercise, which can feed into your vision, because then as you start looking at your values and how they've shifted, it can kind of trigger some things in your mind, like, ah, you know, this is more being around family more as you age. I mean, that can be younger too, but you know, that can be a trigger for you. Like, okay, I want to take my family on a trip all together and, you know, get a big rental house and blah, 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 blah. So um, I always think that's a good starting point is looking at your values today. And there's lots of places online you can go and just, you know, tr like literally just Google like values exercise and you can go through the on your, on your own and just kind of look at it today. And then, you know, from there, again, you can also, Google vision statements and try to write a vision statement. Just start, you know, just doesn't have to be perfect, right? Just a personal vision statement. I never thought about that. I've always done it from through the lens of, of school or work. I love Interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's some cool ones out there. If you Google it, you'll find them. You'll be like, oh my God, I never thought about that. But well, values yeah. exercise, you give me flashbacks. I had to do it in rehab and they didn't like my answers the first time. And then I had to do it like two weeks later. And then I had to do it before I left. Oh, God. Yeah, it was like weeks later. Like how much do your values change in two weeks? A lot? They actually did. Wow. And they've evolved through my recovery. It's crazy how much they've changed the last five years. A hundred percent. That's interesting. Absolutely insane. But I hated the process of it when I was doing it there. It was like, well, what do you mean? Like, doesn't everybody just want to like travel and have fun and drink and gamble? And like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you so, and I are like soul sisters. I think we probably had, you know, some like a relative in the background. I don't know. Some, something connects us here because we, yeah, I mean, you soul family, that's what one of my coaches calls it. Soul family. When you connect. Yeah. You yeah. know, right off the bat, or there's all this similarity. Like, I love the travel piece, the minimalist, all of executive. Yeah. Like, yes, there's a lot that we are in alignment. Totally. Awesome. Totally. So I wrote down, and I forgot to ask you when we were talking about menopause, but I don't want to miss this, um, especially because so much of my focus is around mental health. Yeah. So does menopause have any um, a impact on mental health. Like you talked when you were describing it, I heard a lot of physical symptoms. Yeah. Can you speak to the mental health symptoms? Sure. Yeah. I mean, your brain is definitely impacted by the loss of estrogen. Um, matter of fact, brain function declines up to 30%. So what that means is it's, you think about your processing speed, that's kind mm -hmm. of what they mean by that. The good news is, and this is all, I'll give a little plug for, um, gosh, I'm not going to remember her name, Lisa uh, um, Moscone, Dr. Lisa Moscone. She runs the Women's Brain Initiative in New York City at NYU, and she wrote a book called The XX Brain, which is the female brain. It's a phenomenal book. It's very insightful. And it talks about the fact that women are twice as likely to have Alzheimer's, twice as likely to have anxiety and depression, and they do trigger, they carry that back to estrogen. So as women go through menopause, they are much more likely to have depression and to have anxiety problems. Um, there are some things you can do for the anxiety, like adaptogens. I don't know if you're familiar, but those are um, things like ashwagandha, rhodiola. Those uh, adaptogens basically are natural herbs that help us deal with stress in our body. So simply taking those and you can take them. And again, I'm no doctor, so I shouldn't be saying this. Like, I don't want to push someone to take it, but the general science will tell you that, um, you do, you can actually 
take those with uh, medications if you happen to be on an anti-anxiety medication. And I do have a doctor and a dietitian on board. So I, some of the things I say have been vetted out, but sometimes I go a little off the cuff and I say things I shouldn't. But, um, but the adaptogens are known for that. So anxiety and depression definitely can, they don't for every woman, but they can be heightened in menopause. Um, and, and I think you probably have read with age in general, um, depression, unfortunately, um, increases. What's interesting is, and I'm kind of making a leap here because there's a bit of a correlation between depression and anxiety and fulfillment and happiness, right? Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a, there's a study from, I don't know, gosh, 30 years ago um, that shows it's the U shape. And it shows that um, midlife is the bottom of the U. Midlife is a period of time, hence the term midlife crisis, when most people are at their least happy. And then it comes back up again as we come out of that phase. And as we get into our sixties and our seventies, our contentment and our fulfillment rises again. So it's this period of time. And I do suspect, I don't have the science to cite you hundred percent other than knowing that depression and anxiety increase with loss of estrogen. Um, I don't know the exact, you know, physiologic behind it, but I am, I would guarantee you that link with menopause has something to do with that lower you. Um, now granted it's both men and women that they did in the study, but I'll tell you the women probably brought it down <laughs> with menopause. Well, I was thinking about it cause I had, I was wondering about it before we even got on. My lens was when I go to a gamblers anonymous meeting mm-hmm. or in any of the communities that I'm in with, with gambling recovery, it's not 20 year old girls. Yeah. It's more forties, fifties. It's the empty nesters. It's the ones who are taking care of their parents. So that's what made me wonder was like, Hmm, does this, does physiology, cause this is what I feel like my purpose is to figure out the reasons or to help people explore what, why they're having behavioral addictions. Um, so that was what caught my attention. So your, you make sense with, at least with my scope. Now, maybe there are young female gamblers. Um, no, but- I, I think you're right. I think you're spot on. I'm sorry. I just kind of jumped on you because I get so excited about the topic, but I think that, I think in general, um, I mean, we, we kind of know this with midlife crisis that there is a period of transition in everyone's life, male and female, um, in this period where you're hitting your mid to late forties into basically your early, like your late fifties, that period of life is, not only when your body as a female physiologically changes dramatically. So a man, they're sort of gradual, right? Women, we go off a cliff. It's like, boom, within 12 months, all at all hormones are gone and it's drastic. Um, so what I was going to say with that is, you know, that in conjunction with your children may be leaving home and you've been a stay at home mom your entire life, all of a sudden, again, talk about identity loss, right? You're no longer fixing lunches every day and running people around. And it's like, what do I do? Careers change, right? People get bored. They, whatever, you know, stagnate, they retire. Um, Relationships change. Maybe you're not feeling as sexually attractive anymore. You don't want to be intimate with your partner, your husband, that changes your relationship. Um, People go through divorces when the kids leave because they've stayed together for them. So, and parent, you know, there's a whole sandwich thing, right? With the parents, because I went through that and maybe you have as well where you're taking care of your parents and the, you know, they used to be the strong ones and it's just an awkward shift. So all of that, I think together, you put that all in a melting pot and heck yeah, you're going to, you're going to go through a dramatic sort of like period where you want to try new things out because you, you want something to make you feel good. So gambling would come into play there, right? 
or um, over, you know, alcoholism, right? Just drinking more just to kind of enjoy and have fun. Or, you know, um, my case was like over exercising for a while. I went through this period of just like obsession with like, you know, getting on a bike and running and just over exercising because the endorphins made me feel good. Um, and I think that there's a number of ways it can carry itself out. But I think most of us, actually, there's science behind this. Harvard did a study. I mean, most of us go through some period of transition in that age range, somewhere in that age range. So I think you're spot on that you're, you're going to see those midlife women and men, you know, sit there because yeah, because it's like, ah, like life changes feels uncomfortable. What can I do to make this feel better? You know, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I know I'm bouncing and I'm sorry, but no, you're great. I love that you said, you know, that you focus on the lifestyle. So, and then you, you brought in the values. So I feel like I'm getting little teasers about what, what it is, the program and, and what, what, what it looks like when you're facing a client or helping a client. Can you, can you talk me through that? I'd love to. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, We have a six week program. It's called transform six, six weeks. Um, But we basically, uh, well, let me back up. It's, um, it's self-paced to a degree, meaning there's video. So five quick videos for the week. So theoretically watch one a day and handouts. Um, and then we have weekly meetings so that you've got some interaction with the community and other people. And so once a week, we all get together on a call. Um, we talk about what's going on that week. And, you know, so it goes everywhere. It ranges everywhere from physiologically what happens when you lose your hormones so that you understand what's happening to your body. So you don't feel quite so like, what the hell, you know, you know, like, well, this is because I've lost my estrogen. Then we help you with diet. We help you with fitness because there's some very real stuff that you need to understand that like, for example, high intensity interval training, you know, getting your heart rate up to a certain degree that can actually trigger something that substitutes for estrogen, which is a good thing, right? I know. So the long, slow plotting, like iron manning stuff is not good for you at this age. It does not help. So, um, so anyway, so we, we try to, uh, fitness exercise, uh, nutrition, exercise, supplementation. And then I mentioned the visions and values mindset work. Um, all of those are kind of combined together to help you really put a plan together for yourself to feel your best physically and feel your best mentally as you're coming through menopause. So we start the next one on July 25th, just like a week from Monday. Um, and it's just a cohort of women that go through the six weeks together. Like I said, we meet once a week, we've got an online community too, where people any day you can, you know, type in questions and we've got, uh, transitions, uh, doctor behind it. Um, so, I mean, we, you know, we're there to kind of help same thing, same thing that you're doing just in different, a different vein. Right. Um, so this is all around midlife and menopause. Um, so yeah. And we also have one last thing I'll say is we do also have a one hour free, webinar that we do once a month. This one is coming up on Tuesday. It's July 19th. That just kind of gives a real sort of broad summary of what happens and what you need to be thinking about without giving you obviously, um, uh, doesn't necessarily put you in that, that plan for six weeks to carry that through. It's just a quick one hour, but yeah, that's kind of what we have going on. So this is how we can tell you've done real media before, like TV and stuff, right? Because you're talking like people are going to see this today and be here a week from now. Oh God. <laughs> you're right. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I wasn't. No, it's okay. okay. It, the beauty of it is you're just excited. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's I am excited. I just, I, you know what? I'm so not thinking. No, it's all good. <laughs> well, 
You're like, can we edit that out? <laughs> um, we could, but I don't think I will because that's not really how I roll. And people can I go and let, I mean, they'll see the site anyway, one way or the yeah. other. So. They'll, they'll exist and get the right timing. So it's all good. Thank you. Um, and is there anything that I haven't been curious enough about that you really want to share with my audience? Well, the one thing is, um, I think, you know, I'm working on a book um, that is actually called Midlife Turning Crisis into Quest. And it is, it's about your mindset, right? It's about um, when you come through hard times, how do you look at that? Do you look at that as, oh my gosh, poor me, this sucks. What am I going to do? Or do you say, okay, what's my learning? you know, how can I be better coming out of this? And so the book goes through some anecdotes of those four years of travel and kind of some of the learnings and then, you know, kind of um, at least my thoughts on how do you kind of help yourself in those tough times. And we all, you know, everybody deals with things differently. So I'm not going to say it's, uh, it's the Bible for how to do it. I'm just saying, hey, it's, it's some thoughts on, on that. So, well, I think, I think it's the same for recovery. Everybody's different and different tools or resources or stories or strategies are going to resonate with different people. So I love that. I have to ask you a couple more questions now because um, you sparked a whole chain in my head. So are you grateful for the challenges that put you on your quest? That's an interesting question. Um, gratitude is one of my takeaways. So the answer is yes. Um, it's hard. You know, some, some of the lessons are hard. I have several stories in my book where I'm in tears, sobbing. It's 17,000 feet in pitch black by myself. Uh, not several stories of that, one story of that. But, um, but the gratitude is that I'm able to do the things that I've done. I mean, that... Um, I feel very fortunate for the experiences I've been able to have in my life and um, that I came through them safely because I did some pretty crazy stuff that, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, didn't have to end positively, but it did. So um, I'm grateful for the people I've met along the way and the lessons I've learned, um, which are just unbelievable. I mean, I could talk forever. I won't do it to you, but I mean, I just met people in the Himalayas who literally are absolutely, you know, poor, make a thousand dollars a year. That's the average income in Nepal. Um, but they are at peace. They're happy. They're in incredible physical shape because they live at 14,000 feet, you know, and, um, it was a wake up call for me, you know, that, um, these simple lives were just bringing people to such level of contentment. And yet we are here in the U S or any, you know, developed country where, we make a lot of money and we sit on our butts and we feel sorry for ourselves because, you know, we didn't get that $40,000 raise this year or whatever the heck it is. Okay. I never got a $40,000 raise, but you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I just think that we've, we, yes, gratitude is c- critically important in life. Um, I absolutely think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you just said that, you know, the raise and stuff, I guess now my new path of thought is, the redundancy, like of living. I remember thinking, what is the point? And this happened a couple of times in my life. What is the yeah. point you go to work to get the money, to get the car, to drive you to work, right? To get the money, right. to pay the rent, right? To sleep, to go to work. Yeah. I've been there too. And yeah. like, why? Like, what is the point? Like when you said contentment, yeah. 
Yes. And, and maybe, you know, and I got a lot of joy out of work. I'm not saying that, yeah. but, but there's more when you say experiences and when you say contentment, like, I just wish I could give that to everybody. Like just the, the point of minimalization to, in my mind, selling everything. I mean, honestly, you, you're, you exactly hit a spot on, which was, I had a very big expensive house in New York, drove expensive cars, you know, had dry cleaning, frankly, that costs more than most people's grocery bills every week, um, was running around the country in planes and rental cars and hotels every week. And I'm not saying like, oh, you're so important and you're so great. I'm saying, God, you're stupid. Like you just tell yourself to make all this money to buy more of this stuff. And that you just pinpointed exactly what that lesson was for me. I mean, yes, I physically felt my best. Yes, I felt my most alive. You, pro- you know, probably why? Because I didn't have the stress over me every single day of like working my ass off. I mean, the first company I founded, I'm not kidding you. I probably got three hours of sleep a night for about three years. And I mean, I just had to do it. Right. And some of it is drive and there's nothing wrong with achievement and, and having a goal, but the outcome of that was then, okay, more years of that and more money and more titles and just you know, kind of more stuff. And then it gets to the point where it's like, oh, we got to pay the pool man to come clean the pool. And we got to pay the, you know, the jacuzzi guy and then lawn guy. And I mean, on and on and on. And it just, it just, it's, it's, um, what's the word I want to use? It's, it's deflating. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you just think to yourself, where do I get to, when do I get to live? And when then, do you and get then, to go in the jacuzzi in the pool? Well, right. And then you get those two weeks, right? Or you can't even afford to take the two weeks time-wise because you've got so much crap going on in business that I remember being on conference calls. I am not kidding. Riding a bike over the, the San Francisco, the Golden Gate Bridge with my stepchildren with me. I was on a conference call and was constantly working. I'd be like, no, you go enjoy the day. I'm going to stay in the hotel room with my computer. Oh, right. Or never get, I'd rather be broke. I hate to say that then live that life again. Because honestly, I was broken when I lived that life. And so, um, yeah, that's, you make such, you and I just, man, the, the points you're making, either you just got really good insight or we have very similar mindsets. I don't know, but you're amazing either way. So, um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You're, you're putting off my kind of energy and, and it is, it's, our experiences are different, but similar. I can, I yeah. can tell by your story. Um, And the mindset to your point comes in because if we're not self-aware, if we're not reflecting, if we're not taking those lessons that you share in your book, it's all for nothing. You're going to just sit in misery or, or, you know, through my lens at the casino, at the bar, at the whatever. Exactly. So I guess I want to kind of end on ladies. There's a choice. Like we have a choice. I love you know, that. everybody's out there bitching about not having choices in the moment, but what are you doing with the choices you're capable of having? Holy yes. moly. I did not expect that to come out of my mouth. I don't but know. Talk is, like that. That is epic. It is. You always have a choice, right? I mean, I hate to be so cliche. I don't know you have a choice to be happy in the morning, but you kind of do, right? You have a choice um, of what you want to do with your life. And I've heard so many people say to me, well, I can't, I can't, I have children. I can't, my husband does this. I can't do this because blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you can, it may not be as convenient for you as you want it to be, but you can always find a way to do what you want to do. What your, what your heart tells you to do your passion, right? 
I'm a passion person. Like I'll tell you, honestly, I cannot live doing a job or doing something that I just don't have passion for. I mean, you might as well fire me now because I'll be useless. I just, I can't do that. So not, not a great thing. It's a bit of a vice, but you know, on the good side, the flip side is, you know, I think you're a lot like this. Like you follow your heart and you do the things that you feel are right and that you believe will help other people. Um, and that's what kind of pulls you forward, I think, you know? So, but yes, everybody's got a choice. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, this has been great, Anissa. I'm going to hold you hostage after the show. Um, but thank you for being here and with your book. I know it's a work in progress, but we'll circle back. Um, awesome. even after this launches or whatever, like th- this show, let's blow up your book. Uh, cool. People need to hear that. Like they need to hear more about yeah. it. So, um, yeah. thank you again. I appreciate you really being here. It's been wonderful. Thanks for having me so much. It was so much fun.